How's it going? Welcome to Gonzo Sports Room, Friday, March 11th, 2022. Got a big show tonight. Got a special guest, Amon's joining us tonight. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Chris. It's been a busy night in sports, especially if you're a basketball fan with the NBA and all this college basketball tournament. It absolutely has been. Some crazy games have been going down already today. Penn State guy getting carried to the locker room. Oh I didn't see what happened. All right, have you been watching much of the college basketball uh, today? Uh, today, yeah, I caught a couple of games earlier today. I've been watching it a lot this week, but uh, earlier today, I watched the Duke Miami game. Uh, Duke finally pulled through. Uh, it looked very ropey for a minute. They didn't have a great game against Syracuse, and I was waiting for that big time performance. And this didn't come out. They pulled through when it mattered the most. But man, it, it looks ropey for Duke going into the later half of this month. Yeah, they've come out a little flat. They've come out a little flat the last couple of games. Yeah. Syracuse was missing uh, Boheim and they, mm-hmm. and still Syracuse almost beat them. And like you said, Day Miami uh, gave them everything they wanted. Yeah. Who, who does Duke play next? Uh, so Duke will play the winner of North Carolina and Virginia Tech. And I think they're preying on everything Virginia Tech comes through with an upset tonight. Because if they come out the way they did against Syracuse and Miami, they are not going to beat UNC. Because they, oh. UNC just showed some some fight. I think when they got questioned uh, again in that first game against Duke, uh, UNC kind of flipped the switch. So if Duke comes out the same way they did, it's going to be a similar to a uh, similar result to how Coach K finished his career in Cameron. Yeah, because you yeah UNC UNC ended up beating them by what like ten or ten or twelve. It, it was a big time loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just nothing going for him. Yeah, because Coach K was apologizing after the game to the fans, yep. and it was unacceptable yeah. stuff. Yeah, I live in North Carolina, so <laughs> I was in the middle. I'm 20 minutes from Duke campus, 20 minutes from Chapel Hill campus, so I saw all of it go crazy. <laughs> you, you think you think they can go all the way this year? They've shown flashes to go all the way this year. Like they're, I think up until the Carolina game, I thought this team was really legit. I thought they they were going to be really hard to beat, and then recently, just they kind of come out flat. And I think they're. I'm waiting for that kind of realization that man, this is Coach K's last year to kind of come into them and kind of surge them. Because you know you have Pablo, who's going to be a top three pick. AJ Griffin is showing himself, you know, to be a very athletic big man for them. And then they have the seven footer. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment, but he's been an absolute beast for him. He's had, I think, he had six, 16 points and 13 rebounds against Carolina in the loss. Had a great game for him. So if those three guys can really pick it up, and then also you have, um, God, I can't remember this Duke roster for the life of me. But there's four guys on this team that can really flip the script on anybody. So. They definitely have the talent to get there if everyone starts going. Wendell Moore is the uh, one the guys were talking about. Then Mike Williams would be the big seven-footer that uh, okay, has yeah. played really well for him. Yeah, I watched a lot of the a lot of the uh, game against Syracuse. Didn't get to, I didn't watch as much as the Miami game, but uh, I was watching IU against uh, Illinois. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here in Indiana, like an hour and a half from uh, Bloomington, but uh, big, I've been an IU fan. For, for a long time, and it was nice to see them finally get a big win. They, them are the games that they usually find a way to lose at the end. Yeah, they got they were able to pull through in the end, which was great. And again, they upset Illinois, and they're trying to punch their ticket into the NCAA championship as well. So, um, you know, hopefully for you, Indiana gets all the way and gets to that yeah. uh, championship game. I think I think with that win today, that at least guarantees them a spot in the uh, NCAA because yeah. mm-hmm. they were right there on the bubble, but. It, Getting two wins in a Big Ten tournament has to get. I think that solidifies their spot. Oh, I agree. They definitely, they definitely have to be in it again. You beat Illinois in there, and then if 
I think the two big wins here. And then if you keep winning now, you're just talking about seeding just to keep. Uh, keep and if you look there. at their record, they've they've lost a lot of close games. They've, yeah. they've been competitive with almost everybody they played. They lose. They've lost a lot of three or four, two, three point games, and most of the time it's a turnover at the end or just something stupid. They always by like <laughs> the way. But today they were finally able to hold on and win one. So, and I mean, they can be dangerous if you, a team like that gains some confidence. And with the defense they play, they could be a dangerous team. Yeah, they're kind of similar to what Miami is almost because Miami's they just a bunch of there's a bunch of seniors who they don't win they don't win flashy but they win tough they win gritty and they win close and if they lose they lose close and I feel like it was it's the same kind of thing with Indiana they're a team that they're gonna scrap until the end and they're gonna be right there no matter where you are how good you are they just find a way to contend with anybody so. Indiana, if they can get in the dance, they're gonna they're gonna create some noise and cause some upsets and mess up some brackets. Yeah, I, I think that they're a guard. They're one good guard away. If they had a real good guard yeah. to go a wing a wing to go with uh, Jackson Davis, that team would be man. They'd be tough to stop. That's the only thing they they're really missing one a nice top guard. Yeah, and even missing that again, they're going to be a problem in, in the tournament. Oh, uh, yeah. And ha- having that wing piece would be really nice for him because it just it just expands the floor a little bit for him. I think they get a little bit congested at times, and that's where you see the yep. turnovers. They try to force something inside. If you could just spread it out a little bit, it'd be it'd be a real nice help for IU. But they've they've done real well with what they've got. All right, let's move on. To, uh, let's talk some NFL. What do you think about the Deshaun Watson? The <sighs> Yeah, the big news breaking out, right, that uh, he's not going to face any criminal charges. So the trades are going to start rapid firing for Deshaun Watson. And I think it's going to be very similar. Or I think the bare minimum is going to be what the Russell Wilson deal was. Uh, because here's a kid who's, you know, in his 20s, who's already proven that he's a top five quarterback when he's on the field. He's going to go for and demand a lot. And I think for Deshaun Watson, it's that no trade clause that's going to save him. Because there's a lot of teams that could just throw picks and throw money and throw players. But there are a lot of teams that I think are on Deshaun Watson's list. And to me, I, I've I've looked at it, and I know Carolina's a name that's come up a lot. Seattle's another name, and they obviously had the pieces for the Russell Wilson trade because, you know, they traded Russell Wilson. But uh, to me, I think Tampa and Pittsburgh are really interesting just because, you know, Tampa has uh, the kind of diverse coaching staff that he was looking for before he had to sit out the year when he was talking about Brian Flores with the Dolphins, Adam uh, Robert Sala with the – Jets. So they have that on there, the rosters there. And what Tampa could do is they could trade Chris Godwin. They could trade JPP, give up a couple first rounders, second rounders, and give up the backup quarterback and Blaine Gabbert and have that deal made for them. With Pittsburgh, that's interesting because again, Brian Flores is there. They could be a team that can win. They need an offensive line, but they have that history of, you know, diversity and have that inclusion that Deshaun Watson is looking for. So those two teams to me really stand out in mind. And I think Tampa to me would be the real, the most intriguing one because if you go from Tom Brady to Deshaun Watson, I think as a Buccaneers fan, you're winning. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. I kind of, I kind of think he's going to end up in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because of Flores being there. And then, I mean, they need a quarterback bad. I wish he'd end up in Indianapolis, but I don't think we'd be on his list. And I don't see Houston wanting to get. They're not going to get him up in their, their division. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about the Colts here in a minute. I, that was something I forgot to write in the topics, but I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. But no, and with the, him not facing no charges, he shouldn't face no penalty from the NFL, I wouldn't think, even though yeah. they've done their own investigation. But if he, if the police couldn't find nothing, you wouldn't think they're going to have anything on him. 
Yeah, but Goodell sometimes can be a little bit funny with it. Yeah, the NFL can always be a little bit funny with it. And he still has to go and face, I think, civil. There's still the 22 civil cases that he's going to have to deal with. So if something comes of that, he might have to face. I don't think he's going to see any suspension uh, or anything like that. He might have to see some contract stuff go out there. But um, I don't think there should be anything going against Deshaun Watson here. And, and especially now that you know he's going to be able to play, teams are not going to hold back. They're throwing the oh, kitchen no. sink at Deshaun Watson, because they know if they get Deshaun Watson, they're going to be in contention. That's just going to be the case. Yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh is where he's going to end up. I like Tampa, like you're saying, though. That'd be a good fit, a real good fit for him. Mm-hmm. And they, they have pieces they could trade away to get him. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I don't know if they don't have, they can trade some, but they don't have a whole lot of pieces to trade, really. I think they do have some draft picks. But it's a no-trade clause that's going to help out Pittsburgh. If that's where Watson wants yep. to go, he says, look, I'm not going anywhere except them. And now if you're Houston, you're kind of screwed because you're not going to get much out of them, and this is your only chance to get something. So you got to go. And so that's what I think saving Deshaun Watson here is. No matter what the price tag the Texans say, if you don't want to go there, you don't have to go there, which yeah. is, I think, uh, the real blessing for Deshaun Watson. And whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's Tampa, whether it's any other team that he wants to go to, they're clinging on to that no trade clause. What if, what if the Houston can't find, don't find a trade for him where he wants to go? Do you think he'll sit out instead of playing for Houston this season? Yeah, I think he'll sit out because I don't think his value will decline. Again, he's still going to be twenty years old, and even though he uh, twenty some years old, and even though he's going to be two years out the league, when he was in the league, he was electric. It's not like he was mediocre, and you could no. see the potential. He was there. He had arrived. They were just waiting for the Texans to kind of get with the program, and they couldn't. And teams are still going to make trades for them. They're still going to try to push. There's nothing slowing down. And, again, if you're the Texans, now do you want to hold on to the salary for no reason? I don't think so. I think you want to go out there and at least try to get something for them. I don't see the Texans not moving off of them. But if they don't, I don't think Deshaun Watson has any problem saying, all right, I'll take another year. Yeah, I I don't think he'll play there. I thought maybe Lovey Smith would have a chance to maybe talk him into it, but as long as he's held out and hasn't said anything, I think he's he's going somewhere. And it really stemmed, I think, from the GM, right? I think that yep. when they uh, hired Nick Casario, he was like, "No, I don't. Why didn't you consult me? I didn't want that." And even though Lovey Smith's the coach, and I think he would want to play for Lovey Smith. I think as long as Nick Casario's the GM, he's a Patriots guy, so I can't hate on the guy. But you know, as long as he's the GM, you're you're not going to get a Sean Watson to play for you. Yeah, that's true. Cause I and I don't, I don't think he really has anything against Casario. I think it was just, yeah, he, it's the beef with the front office for not consulting with him. Yep. But, and from everything I've heard about that Casario, he, they seem, he seems like he's pretty good at what he does. Oh, he was good in New England. I, I was very disappointed when he left. But yeah, I, I think he's pretty decent at what he does. I think it's more of Deshaun saying you hired him without asking me or at least consulting me. That's why I think he has a problem with Casario. I think. If they had just said, look, we're going to go get him. You okay with him? He would have been just fine in Houston. All right, let's uh, move on to the Colts. What do you think about the Colts uh, trading Carson Wentz? I don't I don't see what they're doing. He didn't play bad last year. He threw for like 27 or 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yep. One of the least amount of turnovers he's had in a long time. Yes, they didn't do – they played like – they played terrible the last two games. But it wasn't on him. Our offensive line didn't play worth the crap. Uh, defense didn't play very well either. But my whole thing is there, there's nobody out there that's better than Wentz. So yeah. you're trading them away and you're probably, so you're probably, and you're going backwards. 
maybe lateral if you can get like a Jimmy G or somebody like that. But I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, uh, I I really thought that Carson Wentz would work in Indy. I thought that Frank Wright could, uh, you know, revitalize his career. And I think I saw a report that Frank Wright went up to Ursay and kind of apologized for saying and vouching for Carson Wentz. And I think it was more of just they, the coaches and Carson Wentz didn't get along. I think there was something on the report I read that he didn't respond well to the coaching. There were things he they didn't like about him because statistically he didn't play bad. He had one of his more efficient years. He didn't turn it over much. Again, he threw five picks through in the last two games. So you're talking about, you know, seven of his interceptions. The majority of it came at the very end where, again, the whole team didn't really play well. There's there's not much that went right for in those last two games. And this is – they're kind of like Denver where it's like you don't have that quarterback option. When you had the quarterback option in Andrew Luck, you didn't surround him. And now you have the team that could surround the QB that could get you to a Super Bowl. You don't have the quarterback. And as you said, Jimmy Garoppolo – it's a lateral, but you have to be able to go and get that trade done. Derek Carr is the name that's being brought up, but you have to be able to go and get that yeah. trade done. Unless you have that deal kind of in your back pocket, I just don't know what the Colts are doing moving him. And again, unless that deal is pretty much already signed and it's just, okay, we got to make semantics work. But other than that, I just I don't really see the plan here from the Indianapolis Colts. No, I'm scared they're going to end up with like somebody like Jordan Love or uh, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Or somebody like that, because like you said, if they if they can't make a deal for Carr or Garoppolo, and then I've heard rumors about uh, Cousins, yeah. if you can't get one of them guys, there's not a whole lot of other options. Yeah, Jordan Love was a name that was thrown around, and I was I just I was shocked by the report, and I want to see Jordan Love play. I do, I because I don't think we can really know what he is until he sees the field, and I feel bad for him because it seems like Green Bay is content on just letting him sit there. But I was like, man, this team is ready to win, and you want to go there. I heard Jameis Winston talks, and again, that's just the big hope, and that's the problem. There's no assured answer. It's not like you got Russell Wilson or you got Aaron Rodgers. You're looking for hopefuls, and that's what Carson Wentz was. It was, we hope we can fix him. So do you just say Sam Ellinger take it over, Jacob Eason take it over? Do you try drafting a kid? I, they it just There's really no plan, it feels like, from this whole thing because – they're just, they've been one and done in quarterbacks back to back years, right? Phillip Rivers was a one and done. They passed on Tom Brady, said, no, we'll just take Phillip Rivers. And then we talk about uh, Carson Wentz. Same thing again. I think a lot of us thought Carson could work. Well, the, and the year before, uh, Brissett play, started. Brissett played. Yeah, there you Brissette go. So you're, so you're doing like your fourth year in a row with a different quarterback. And that's not a winning formula. Ask any team ever. You, you can't have any success, no matter how good your team is, if you got four different quarterbacks playing for you. Yeah, that's why I thought you should, they should have gave Wentz one, one more year, gave him another year that he had, and, and see how he done this year. But I, if there's reports that he's not getting along with the coaches and stuff, then, I mean, I can understand moving on. Uh, I know a lot, uh, few of the players have came out, and Darius, like Darius Leonard, he came out and said, oh, my fifth season with the Colts and my fifth different quarterback and uh, <laughs> uh, thanked Wentz and stuff. And so, I mean, he acted like him and Wentz got along good. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you hear you never know the truth behind a lot of that stuff. Yeah. It's, there's just reports coming out, but Indy is, it's going to be interesting. And I feel for Colts fans because the division's there for the taking. It's really there. The Texans are not going to be good this year. The Jags are not going to be good this year. The Titans are hinging Tennessee. on Ryan Tannehill. If you could just, yeah, and if you could if you could get a competent quarterback, your team is better than every other team sitting there, and you could win the division. And again, you could really do some damage. So, 
you're, you're the Colts just have to find a way to get something competent. Otherwise, they're just going to be in, in another mess for another year. Yeah, I I hope they have a plan because if you traded him without having a a good a good idea who you, who you were going to get, it don't you, man you could end up in a bad situation. And they didn't even get a quarterback back. They just got picks. They could have said, "Could you throw in Heineke? Could you throw like? Could you just throw yeah. someone our way at least so we have another guy we can work with?" Now you're just hoping that even if you now if you don't get Garoppolo or uh, Cousins or Carr. Now you're saying hopefully we can go get Jameis Winston. Hopefully we yeah. can get Jordan Love. Hopefully, like that's a real big, uh, that's a huge question mark, and that's a really scary thing to be going into. Yeah, because if, if they would have got Heineke in that trade, then I would I wouldn't feel as bad because at least I know Heineke's a he's not that he's a great quarterback, but we've seen that he's ca- a capable quarterback that can can do all right. Yeah, so I feel a little better. At least he could be like a bridge guy until you get somebody. But from I mean from the reports, it didn't sound like Ellinger was just blowing the roof off at in the practices last year, and you and you haven't heard good things about Easton either. Not not enough good things that either one of them are going to take yeah. over as starters. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. bad spot, <laughs> bad spot all over. Hopefully they have a plan. We'll, I guess we'll find out here real soon. But man, yeah, I, as soon as I, I was actually on a show and I looked up and. It said that they traded wins. So I, like, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> but uh, baseball, Major League Baseball, they. I'll tell you what, I didn't think we'd have Major League Baseball this Me year. Me neither. I thought, I thought the, because I thought the players were dug in, I, and I didn't, I didn't think the owners were going to budge either. So I thought this was going to be the finally the time that the players held out and didn't. But, but the players got. I mean, it wasn't like the players lost. They got some good, did get a few good things done by. By the strike, and they're still getting to play a complete season, so I I think they got a pretty good deal out of it. Yeah, it's good to see it back, and I think what's kind of saved MLB this year was that the three months where we didn't have baseball in 2020 due to COVID. I think owners looked at that and said, "We cannot go through that again. We are fixing this, especially as everything's opening back up. We got to make sure we got baseball coming uh, back in the summertime." I'm really excited about the 12 team playoff. I am so happy because. I think that if the more teams you kind of throw in there, you don't want to let everyone in, right? But if you can kind of give it – it's it was four, right? I think it was like four teams in the playoffs, which yeah. which to me never made sense I'll, because now it's kind of like college football. The college football playoff, it's like, okay, you have two teams aside, but do you really have a playoff? It's You kind of know what you're dealing with. Now it's, okay, now you can have kind of that March Madness kind of feel where anything could happen, whether you're the one seed or the 12 seed. Anything can come afoot, so – I'm excited about that one. Yeah, because I think it was what? Uh, it was the eight teams total, four on four on each side? Yeah. And now they moved it up to 12. So, yeah, they added. Only thing only thing is I loved when they had the wild the play, wild card play-in games. Mm-hmm. That one game to get in. Man, them were always exciting games to watch. And they seem to – them games seem to always be the ones that go in extra innings or come down to some crazy play. It, it was, them games were always fun to watch. All playoff games are fun to watch, but those just when you know it's win or get in like that, because like the other ones are all series. So until it gets to the the game in the, the game that ends the series, you you don't have as much tension. But when it's one game like that, win or go home, you get a, a, a you get a, I don't know. Everybody just gives all gives everything because they know if they don't, it's over. Yeah, and I think also they have 
Uh, I think the first round will be like a best of three and then it'll like gradually progress into best of sevens, which again, which are cool because now it's like you have to, you don't have kind of the leeway and you, you still don't have to expand the season very long. That, uh, playoff games are always the most interesting to watch, right? Like we talk about the NFL playoff games, the divisional round playoff games were the best round playoff games I think I've ever seen in my life. So if you can get, find a way to add that into baseball, you get a lot more people tuning into baseball games because, to be honest, that's when more people watch it, right? Like that's when I watch yeah. baseball is when um, the playoffs are on. I don't watch a lot of regular season baseball. When the playoffs are on, I'll tune in every now and again, having more of that those games. And you can also now get more of your stars into the playoffs as well. A lot of times you don't see your big-time players in there. Now you get some more in there. You drag the audiences in there. It, it'll be a really ex- exciting time for baseball. Yeah. See, I, I watch baseball every day. I'll, I'll watch every almost every Reds game. But most, like most of my friends and most people I know, they're like you. They don't watch baseball till the playoffs. Yeah. Or unless they unless we like get together and go to a game, but they're not they're not gonna sit at home and watch it on TV. Right. <laughs> but if there's a playoff game on, they'll sit they'll sit and watch it. Basically, lot that's how a lot I mean a lot of your casual fans are like that with the NFL. Yeah. I know guys that don't watch much regular season, but as soon as it gets playoffs, hell they're they're watching every game until the Super Bowl's over. Yep. And they're exciting. So a uh, little bit of correction here. It's six aside. So 12-team playoffs, okay. so six aside. Okay, so they added two more on each side? Add, added two more on each side, yep. I like th- that. I also – I'm glad that they done away with the uh, – when they had done the universal DH. Yep. They did get that in. And then they're still do- talking about some other rule changes by 2023. And they went back to the – on the double headers, they're going to be nine inning games. So, I like that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The seven inning double headers were kind of nice, mm-hmm. but when you go down to seven, it just it takes a lot of your, the strategy with the pitching out because you, you might not even have to use your bullpen. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, the seven inning at least like now I don't have a watch as much, but then you talk about for pure baseball, you you take away the strategy because okay, how how many pitches do I let them? Do I keep going then? I think that's a very exciting part of baseball and something you don't get in football or basketball where you don't have to really worry. Okay. You know, it's like, if your quarterback had a limited number of throws, Oh my God, he's, he's reaching 30. Do I got to pull him now? Do I keep him going? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a really interesting part of baseball. So when you're watching a double header, you kind of lost that. So getting the nine innings at least brings that level of, you know, that's what makes baseball unique and having that uniqueness there, I think is very good for the game. Yeah. Cause b- baseball is the only sport where you take out your best player and put <laughs> At the at the most important time of the game, yeah. put somebody else in. <laughs> I, the first time I heard that, I was like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Coming coming from watching football and basketball, I was like, "You put the ball in your best player's hands," and you know, again, it's just it's something that brings you to it because when the game's close, then you're like, "All right, who's pitching? Who's pitching? Are they going to change?" And that's something now that the nine innings are back. Now you really get to see that every single night. Well, that's why I'm trying to explain because people say, "Oh, baseball boring, boring." If you understand the game, it's not as boring. Yeah, because baseball is a game of failure. I mean, it's the only it's the only game that you can play and and, and hit the ball thirty percent of the time, and you're considered great. Right. I mean, hell, anything else below fifty percent, you're failing. <laughs> not yeah. baseball. You got fifty baseball. You're you're the best player in the, in, in the league. You're a god if you hit fifty yeah. percent. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I coach a lot of little league teams, and that's what I'd always try to explain to him. Like one of my best players, he go on a maybe strike out twice in a game or something, be all down on himself. I'm like, dude, the pros hit the ball three out of ten times. You're not <laughs> you're not going to hit the ball every time. 
It's like, hell, as long as you're not up there watching the strikes go by, if you, you strike out, you strike out, but at least you're swinging, swinging at it. Yeah. But you're not going to hit the ball every time. Especially like my son was like that. He'd get so mad if he <laughs> didn't get a hit. And I'm like, dude, you, I said, you, you're a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. Go home and watch a baseball game <laughs> and see how many hits your favorite player gets in the game. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember I played one season of baseball. It wasn't very good. I only had two hits in, I think, nine games. But I, I held on. I was like, you know what? Not many people hit the ball, so I'm okay with it. Two hits, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's weird weird in that way. But I, I love, I've always loved, going, loved baseball. I've been a diehard Reds fan since – I remember going to games when I was probably five or six years old with my dad and my grandpa. And hell, but the Reds, oh, damn, they always suck anymore. <laughs> the, we'll have pitching, then we have no offense. And then when we get hitting, then our pitching ain't worth a damn. So Man, we can't get it at the same time. You're talking to a Boston Celtics fan. I know exactly what you mean. You know, nothing ever seems to work out at the right time. So, Speaking of NBA, you had a big matchup the other, the other night, Brooklyn Nets at the 76ers. Uh, Harden making the, playing against his old team. And I'll tell you what, the Nets came out to, uh, to prove to prove a point from the get-go. Yep. And, I mean, they, they just blew the Sixers off the court. And Kyrie Irving locked James Harden up yeah. on the defensive end. I haven't seen Kyrie Irving play defense like that in a long time. Yeah. Last time I saw it was against Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. That's the last time I saw Kyrie really play defense. And I wish he would have played defense in Boston, gosh darn it. But, you know, that's that another story for another time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, do you think we learned anything from that game going forward? I think we learned that the, the Nets got the right formula now. Because I think before, I didn't like the James Harden trade to Brooklyn. I thought something was going to implode. But now you talk about Seth Curry has been a guy that's really come on for them. Yes. And I was really surprised when they moved, when the 76ers were willing to get rid of him. And I know that James Harden is James Harden, but Seth Curry has silently been averaging over 20 points a game. He's been a silent killer. He's a pure scorer. And then now you couple that with KD, with Kyrie, and then you can add Ben Simmons onto the floor to give you the defensive presence that you've needed this whole time. And if he can learn to hit a free throw, he's going to be a vital asset. The Nets, I think, got something right here because you're going to get the defense there. Seth Curry's not a guy who needs the ball either. He's a catch-and-shoot. He's a lot like Clay Thompson in the sense that he can move around it without the ball, and you just throw it to him, he's going to catch-and-shoot. Doesn't need a dribble. And that's what they needed. So that I think the Nets, when you come out of that trade, you lose James Harden, but you gain a guy, I think, who fits a lot better with Kyrie and KD. Yeah, the Nets came out of it a much better side. Oh, yeah, I agree. The, Net, the Nets definitely won that, to me, won that trade because – Getting Simmons, they're, they're they're always trashing on Simmons because he won't shoot the ball for three, especially three pointers. But he's basically a bet to me. He's a better he's a better Draymond Green, more athletic Draymond Green. He he can get you assists, he can get you rebounds. He's going he can lock up on defense, and you can play him by about he's big enough. You can play him about anywhere. Yep, and he can run. Hell, he can be your he can run point, and he's he's going to be bigger than any any other guard. And he can get. It's not like he can't get to the rim. Yeah. He, he can score. He just isn't going to pull up for a lot of jumpers. And I don't know why he hasn't ever developed that. It's just 
hell they say that he works on it every year, but in, in the game, he still, <laughs> he still never shoots the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I was like, every year they say, oh, he's fixed it. He's worked on the form. Okay, can I see you shoot one? Um, I think the reason that a lot of people don't uh, like have been really down on Ben Simmons is his. I think this is the one time he passed up the dunk in the against Atlanta, I believe, right over the smaller Trey Young. They're saying, well, he was so afraid of getting fouled that he didn't even want to go up against the smaller Trey Young. Again, if he can get out of his own head and just play the three or even the four, you're going to be just fine. Because again, you get him to play defense against whether it's Giannis, whether it's James. And I think that's something too. When you go into the playoffs and you play, say, on Milwaukee side, where Giannis is going to be the focus, Kevin Durant guarded Giannis all of last year. Now you can add Ben Simmons to the rotation. And now you have that three-pointer at the end of the game that KD isn't so fatigued. He can actually go and hit that shot. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. a huge win for the Nets. Oh, yeah. And if you, like, like during that game, when they would go to the sideline and show Simmons, he looked happy. He, looked, he was over there hang, yeah. hanging out with all the guys, talking. He, he looked a lot different than he did when he was in, in San Francisco or with the Sixers. He, yeah. he didn't look as, uh, I don't know, just didn't look as tensed up. He looked a lot more loose and in a better uh, state of mind. And they said, I know he started practicing. So yeah, yeah. they'll get him back soon. And if then if New York changes their vaccine uh, thing and uh, Irving can start playing every game, then that that's yeah. going to be a team you don't want to you don't want to play in the playoffs. Right, you got to watch out. And I think this would be the most entertaining seven game series just because of the crowd. Uh, because you're going to have the F Ben Simmons chance, you're going to have the F James Harden chance, you're going to have all of that. And I think if these two see each other in the playoffs, it'd be so much fun just because. They're going to be so chirpy on the field. The fans are going to be chirpy. Everything's just going to be really hype. I, I, I'm I, praying that we get to see this matchup. Uh, for the 76ers, um, you're getting what we call um, James Harden big, ta- big game illness where he doesn't show up. And, you know, that's something you're going to have to deal with. You got two regular season players in Harden and Embiid, and the Nets have two postseason champions in Duran and Kyrie. You know, and that's well, just the, that's the, the fact of it. Yeah. I mean, well, look at it. That game last night was built up as a big game. Yep. And Har- and Harden disappeared. He would went nowhere to be found. Couldn't do. He couldn't do nothing. Yeah. Getting, I mean, Irving had him locked down. He just couldn't get it, nothing going. Yeah, and, and if, this is fresh if, off. If everyone... That happens in the playoffs. The Sixers are going to be in trouble because Embiid's playing out of his mind, but he can't do it all. It, that and that's the whole thing, right? It's like Embiid can't do it all, and they thought James Harden would fix everything and. Uh, everyone's talking about, oh, they're they're the next Shaq and Kobe. It's all right, relax, relax. Can can we win something first? Everybody but, got hyped up because they won a couple games, <laughs> the first couple games that he played, and he played good. Everybody thought of, that he had changed and everything. It's like he played two games. And this is a pattern too. We saw it in Houston. We saw it in when he got to Brooklyn. He adjusted the game. He figured out how to not be a volume shooter, and he worked. Everybody's like, oh wow, look at this team. And the same thing, and then he couldn't figure out how to do this thing he did when he first got there. And now in Philly, same thing. Oh, well, look at this. It's Shaq and Kobe. And now they're like, oh, well, maybe maybe it's not Shaq and Kobe. It's just, I think people are, it's like a fun house mirror when you talk, hear people talk about uh, James Harden. They just get too overrided. I, th- I think his body just wore out from all the, from carrying Houston all the years, all oh, the yeah, shots yeah, yeah. he took and all that. He just, he's not the same player anymore. Again, I still think he can be a viable player. I just, yeah, I I'm think not... he can be a good, a viable player. I just think, I think he's kind of lost a little bit of his step. He's not as quick, and yeah. now it's easier for guys to DM up. 
Yeah, and again, I don't think you can win taking as many shots as you take. I, I just I don't see any style of play where you can win being that volume and not having guys around you. Real be successful, not being a facilitator. So I don't think I didn't. I never thought that style of play would ever win anything uh, in the NBA. And again, I think he's got to find ways to adjust. It looks like he's starting to adjust in Philly. Will he continue to adjust? I don't know. His track record says no, but he says he says that he's happy in Philly. I just I didn't know what to believe. I just don't know if, if Philly has enough depth left. Yeah. I mean, because with Philly's depth situation, they they're going to need. Harden and Embiid to go off, both of them go off every night. They they yeah. can't afford to want for one of them to have a bad game. And and that's why I was really surprised at the set moving off of Seth Curry because I thought he gives you so much flexibility. If one of those two are not having a great game, Seth Curry can quietly give you twenty points a game yeah. and can be a guy you you lean on. And the Nets are reaping the benefits of that. And I know that to move off of Simmons, you had to give up something. I was just really surprised they were willing to give up on Seth Curry. Yeah, I think Seth Curry is one of them players that's he gets kind of disrespected. He don't get the uh, like the credit for as good as he is. Yeah, he gets it, he gets overlooked, and I know it's because he's Steph's brother. That, that's what exactly what it is. I mean, when your brother's the best shooter on the planet, but but damn, he, he he's good too. Yeah, he really worked on he really worked on his game. You know, at Duke he wasn't anything impressive. It wasn't really anything impressive coming into the league, but. Or the past couple of years, you've seen him be a really big piece on a couple of really big teams, and there it's not. Uh, there's no mystery of why when he's on a team they find success. It's not a coincidence, you know. There's a reason he's on successful teams because they think they need him to win. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, man, he and he's really stepped up this year, and you can tell he's been putting in a lot of work. Yep. Because he's he's gotten a lot better at getting to the rim mm-hmm. as well. He's not he's not just looking for jump shots. He's He'll attack the. He'll go and attack the rim and get to the free throw line. And that, and again, that's another really big thing that I think he, that I was kind of lacking in his game. He was kind of finesse. Everyone was kind of on him all the time. And we saw over the past couple of years, he started to develop. You know, moving inside and shooting the mid range shots. And now getting to the rim, getting to the line is something that I think his brother did exceptionally well for a very long time. You know, when he needed to, he could just get to the rim. I think Seth said, "Let me just try to incorporate that. Let me try to adjust and see if I can bring that to my game." And it's in his bag now, and he's he's deploying it all over the place. Uh, we talked about this on one of the other shows, but what and the Suns get get the respect that respect that they deserve. I mean, you have the Suns made it to the finals last year, got beat, but then you still have people talking like they're going, like all oh, they'll choke in the playoffs, be out first round. It's I don't see what people are crazy. That team. That team's going to be tough to, for anybody to beat if they're healthy, but it seems like both those teams they don't get as, they don't get really the respect that I think they should. Yeah, and it's because they don't have a guy uh, that's the name of Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Seth Cur- or Steph Curry. They don't have one of those guys. Right? Devin Booker is a great player. He's a I think a probably a top ten player in the NBA. That argument is one hundred percent should be made, and I think you win that argument if you make that argument. Uh, and Miami, Jimmy Butler is an unsung hero, and they have a lot of really good pieces around Jimmy Butler and Hero and Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo, and you know the comp- and it's great stuff going on in there. Kyle Lowry has really stepped up in his first year in Miami. You know they have great pieces on both sides for both teams, but again they don't they just don't have that big time name that people are looking for. Phoenix has only lost thirteen games. Like we've, they've only lost thirteen games. That's when you think about it, you're like, how only thirteen? Like this is, if you you take away 
the 73 and nine, the 72 and 10, you know what? This team could be the third, have the third best regular season record yeah. ever. And no one is talking about them. No, all they say is, I'll oh, just wait till they get to the playoffs. They'll, they'll choke. It's like they got beat in the NBA finals. It wasn't like they got, <laughs> it wasn't like they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. And again, I know people are going to hold on to the belief that if there was a healthy Lakers team last year, they would have lost. And you know what? You can make that argument, but there wasn't. They beat whoever was in front of them. You can't hold that against them. They, they beat everybody at every stage up until the NBA finals where, you know, it took Giannis having a couple of 50 point games to beat them. This team has everything you need. You have your point guard in CP3. Devin Booker has emerged himself as a top scorer in the NBA. And they have the big man in the size in Aiton. Um, you know, Cam Johnson out of Chapel Hill has been really good for them. Bridges, very athletic wing guy who can spread it and bring it back in. They got all the pieces there. And the fact that people aren't giving them respect and talking about Memphis as a team that could slide and adds, you know, Golden State should get their roses. But when they talk about Memphis over Phoenix, that that to me is just mind boggling. I just I can't I can't fathom that one. Yeah, I think one of the reasons the the Heat and the they don't get this or get the respect is about the same thing you said is they don't have that big superstar. They don't have that guy that a casual fan yep. is gonna know. A casual fan might not know who Devin Booker is. Yeah. Where I don't care if you're a basketball fan or not, <laughs> you know who LeBron James is, you know who KD is. I mean that and uh so I think that's part of it. I mean, yeah, they play in smaller markets, but I mean, the way Devin Booker's been playing, if I'm the NBA, you got to make sure he's getting promoted where he becomes that superstar because he's still young and he just keep, he just keeps getting better. He just better and better and better. And again, the Phoenix has everything to me that can win a championship. Again, we talk about everything defensively, offensively, they play really well together. And if Devin Booker's having an off night, well, don't worry. Cam Johnson can put up points. CP3 can put up points. A can put up points. Bridges yeah, can put up points. They like, almost beat the Bucks without Cam Johnson, without Devin Booker, and without Chris Paul. Exactly. They, they still almost beat the Bucks. That's the kind of depth you have. Yeah. That, people, that's, still dog, people still dog on Phoenix like, oh, they're not that good of a team. It's like, oh, teams can barely beat them when they have, they're playing their backups and don't have their depth. And now I'm scared that if, you know, they say they lose in the Western Conference Finals or they lose in the NBA Finals, people say, see, I told you. Oh, see what happened when they got to the playoffs? It's like, dog, they, they lost in the East, the Western Conference Finals. They lost in the Finals. Yeah. It's not like they got bounced in the first round, you know? like, And, I, and then someone's going to say, it's like, look, they can do all they can in the regular season. They're not going to ma- It's not going to happen when it matters most. And you're like, are, you're joking, right? <laughs> like, that, I, it's going to happen if this if Phoenix loses, if Miami loses. It's just going to happen. They're going to be see when playoff time comes because people just want to believe what they want to believe. And they don't want to believe that these teams are better than the teams with LeBron James or KD or Steph Curry. And it's like Jimmy Butler. He he's, he don't get the respect he should get for as good as he is. Um, they just don't, I don't think the media cares for him for some of the stuff he'll say or whatever, but it just seems like he, he gets a bad rap for some reason. And ever since he's went to Miami, that team has just that team has just gotten better. Man, I don't know. Good with the, he's been good with the younger players. I mean, him and Hero became good friends, and he's. I mean, he helped Hero a lot. Yeah, I don't know why Philly. When Philly traded, I said, "What? Are, what are you doing? This is the guy that fixes everything for you. He is the like a perfect two way player. You turn in terms of defensively, he'll give you everything he can every single night, every single possession, and offensively." 
He's not a guy who's like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to hold the ball the whole time. Spread it around. Run it around. I'll take my shot. I can get to the rim. I can do a lot of different things. And he's that kind of, you know, just that life. He just inserts life into that side. Miami could beat a lot of teams. And I know, you know, Bam would probably get worked by Giannis, and that's going to be a really tough matchup for them. But again, like you said, gets along great with the younger players, puts up great points, plays great defense. This is that's just for some reason, no one wants to care about Jimmy Butler. No one wants to care about Devin Booker. Uh, no one wants to care about Chris Paul. And again, is it the smaller market thing? Is it the teams are historically not great? I don't know, but these teams are just overlooked. And I hope this is if this is the finals matchup, I'm not going to be upset. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. Well, but, but like Butler, he's everything I've seen, he's a good leader. I mean, he, he I mean, he gets the team to gel together and. I think a lot of it is because he, if he he's not going to ask them to do something he isn't going to do, even yeah. though he's considered the star. He, he acts like he's just a normal guy, like they are. Yeah. And and if uh, damn it, can't think of his name now. Not hero. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. If he's on, he's a tough oh, to beat. Lights out, man. If he's on, it's again the Clay Thompson comparisons were very well rushed. They were very rushed. But you could see the flashes of when he's on, it's like when Clay is in the third quarter. It's just boom, 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 boom. You're not going to stop him. Just get out the way. All right. I think that's – you got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. Uh, You got a website or anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, I got a podcast. Stuff. Uh, it's called Amun Patel Sports News. So my name that you can see on screen and then Sports News at the end of it. I release uh, episodes every week, basketball, football of all levels. And then if you got cricket fans out there, we talk about that. Some golf stuff comes in as well. So uh, you should come check it out. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for letting me on, though. I had a great time. No, I appreciate you coming on, man. And you're welcome to come back anytime. Appreciate it, man. All right, man.